Oh, hi, Samantha. You look more like a Heather. Do you ever get that? It's nice to finally meet you in person. The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 267, it is the final weekend of May of 2021, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things we can't talk about right here on the first and the only wrestling podcast. That's right, there's an AEW Dynamite show. Friday night this week. That's kind of weird. Right after SmackDown. Not looking forward to that. Uh, there's an AEW pay-per-view this weekend. Usually those shows are a mix of being very good and very too long. <laughs> and plenty of WWE stuff to get into. From announcers being released to announcers being promoted. And uh, just lots, you know, lots of redundancies allegedly being eliminated in that company. It looks like maybe they're trying to get lean for some reason. Mm-hmm. New Japan Pro Wrestling returned to action this week after about three weeks off. Those lineups have been dire. There's lots to talk about. Raw, Adnan Verk is out as... The voice of Raw after about the last eight weeks, I think. Something around there. Was was it the night after Mania he debuted? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, right around right around that, a little under little seven or eight weeks. Months. Yeah. Yeah. What what do you think of him uh, being gone already? This is not like you know, earth shattering major surprise. It's not like he was prime Jim Ross. No, although if you remember, like the closest thing to compare him to, and it's not a fair comparison because Adnan Verk was just like a guy who didn't watch wrestling. Right. Whereas Mike Adamley was a guy who was, as it turns out, suffering from quite a bit of head <laughs> football related head trauma. Right. Um, but the Mike Adamley comparison was obviously the first one everyone thought of where they brought in this guy because uh, he was a, you know, like Adamley is what he's the host of. American Gladiators or something. Um, yeah, back did in the he day. Do sports, did he do sports announcing as well, or did they? He was like a sports anchor at a okay. Chicago TV station. Uh, yeah. But either way, they bring in this guy, and it's not working, and they kind of... Uh, the, the difference here, the fork in the road is after six weeks, six to eight weeks of that everyone realizing, well, this isn't working. This time the plug was just pulled and we said, hey, this isn't working. Let's go our separate ways. <laughs> no right. hard feelings. Right. Uh, whereas in that time we doubled and tripled down <laughs> and uh, put him on television more. We put Adam Lee on television <laughs> more. So I feel like this is maybe <laughs> a sign that Vince has lost some of his uh, fire. <laughs> Because he's refusing, he's no, he's not going to like try to stick with this and make Adnan Verk like a a character on the show or something. He's not going to be the GM of of Raw, right? Yeah. So it feels like maybe maybe a few years ago this could have gone a different way, but yeah, no, he wasn't he wasn't very good. It was a weird position to put in. Uh, he is, I guess, friends uh, with with Nick Khan and. Or yeah, his friends of friends with him, and Nick Khan used to be his agent. Yeah, right. Okay, so yeah, so they they know each other very well. He right. got him this job. It didn't work out. So it's like, whatever. He's I think he's a serviceable, solid baseball announcer. But yeah, this wasn't this wasn't going to work out. He admittedly did not watch wrestling, and <laughs> you know didn't thought- didn't know what was going on. He and and then he's calling twenty twenty one raw like that's. <laughs> That's that, not an optimal scenario to learn how to call wrestling anyway. <laughs> That's the main thing. It's like, I thought he was totally serviceable. And, like, given enough time, 
you know, this is not uh, Shakespeare or Lost or something where it's difficult to <laughs> to follow all the characters or anything. It's like this mm. is written for children. <laughs> like whether or not you know you could you could pick up on on the, some of this stuff, and it's been the same show for all eight weeks. It's like Charlotte wrestles Asuka, <laughs> Bobby Lashley wrestles Drew. Like it's. Mm-hmm. It's the same stuff every week. He could have caught on. But the thing is, uh, yeah, it's 2021 Raw. <laughs> As you put it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, I'm no big Corey Graves fan or Byron Saxon fan, but those guys have been doing, like, tremendous work <laughs> over the last six or seven or eight weeks or whatever it is carrying Adnan. Yeah, I don't know. I Obviously, we talk about it. They already have a replacement who also is not a fan of WWE. <laughs> yeah, they got Jimmy, so, Jimmy Smith, who was a Bellator announcer and a UFC announcer very briefly. Um, and they used him. They've been using him on digital stuff for NXT. He was on the NXT TakeOver pre-show on uh, WrestleMania weekend. Um, I think he's very good. And he, with the caveat, as you said, that he doesn't probably doesn't know the product. He's the, he was the best choice they had. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're so determined to get like a, a real sports guy on your show, then yeah, sure. Why not? Like he's a pro. And like you said, it's not, it's not, such a complicated <laughs> show that if he's given time, he could fall into the role and, and do a fine job. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, they, for whatever reason, and I've never thought that like any of the Michael Cole clones, like Tom Phillips or any of those guys were like great, great announcers, but you have like that guy and you have the other one that's been on two or five live and now does NXT commentary who was on raw for a while and and then got taken off Vic Vic Joseph. Right. Like those guys are fine and are seemingly what Vince McMahon wants his lead (laughs) announcers to be, um, which is a younger, more handsome version of Michael Cole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I don't know. Like, I don't know why uh, it seems like we're really like, whether that's in someone's head, you would think the Fox show would be the one I feel like that would be getting the, the real sports. Maybe that's, that show's so important that he needs this. He needs his top man. He needs, he needs Cole out there for that. But he doesn't, <laughs> right. Doesn't trust, doesn't trust anybody, but yeah, I guess like for every reason they're like, we need a sports guy uh, to, to be on, on the raw commentary team right now. So, yep, this is what we're doing. I guess we do have a sports guy on SmackDown with McAfee. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, so Tom Phillips, after he was passed over for uh, for getting the raw gig back, uh, he was released this week. WWE made a bunch of cuts this week, they gutted their digital department. And um, if you didn't know any better, you'd think this is the kind of thing a company does right before they put themselves up for sale. Yeah, um, that's I mean, that was, I think that's like when you bring in a guy like Nick Khan, right? This is it's to make the company as sort of streamlined and profitable as possible. Uh, one of the reasons you would do that is if you were looking to sell it to an NBC Universal or an Amazon or something like that. Sure. The thing, the thing that stands out is stuff that has not been for the you wouldn't think is for sale like amazon bought mgm this week mgm yeah. <laughs> like yeah. was mgm even for sale i don't know amazon bought it for a billion dollars and they have like so they bought the rights to james bond and you know whatever the mgm whatever is in mgm's catalog so it's like i don't even know if that was for sale but Amazon bought it. <laughs> it's like the thing that we talked about a little bit before we came on on the air here is 
what's Vince going to do? Or is he part of any sale? Like where they keep him as the showrunner or what have you? Yeah, I think, I think that's interesting. Yeah. As we were talking a little bit off the air, he has kind of for a few years now done what I feel like rich CEOs that don't know what to do with their money do, which is start sports leagues and film studios and stuff. And, Right. Like, like his next stop was like trying to, I don't think he has space money. You know, that's like, <laughs> that's like the only other, that's the only other place to go. So, right. right. That takes like tens of billions of dollars and right. he has, or, you know, over $50 billion and he has like, you know, eh, one, one and a half, $2 billion. Right. So what a loser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of the, uh, so it's like, well, what is what does a guy like that do? Yeah, maybe maybe he would sell it so he no longer had to deal with the the board meetings and the day to day. And but there's a certain belief, seemingly, from people that have financial interests in WWE but don't actually watch WWE that <laughs> uh, that Vince McMahon is integral to the shows continuing on. And so yeah, I could see that being a pitch made to him of like, Hey, you, you cash out, but we keep you on as, as head of creative or whatever. And, and you still run the shows themselves, but you're, you're just the TV guy now. Right. It's, it's, it's possible. It's interesting. It's an interesting time. Um, yeah. So um, we'll see how Jimmy Smith does. He'll be on Raw this coming week, and uh, and we'll see. He was at least like a fan as a kid, so mm. he has some familiarity with wrestling in general. Unlike mm. Adnan Burke, apparently, he was like I Adnan Burke was like I've heard of Bret Hart before. Right. The problem is the problem with all of this is that the main play by play guy is supposed to be an authority on the product. <laughs> it's like, yes, I should not know more than the lead play by play guy in theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's like the most annoying thing about Michael Cole to me is when he tells me that he's followed such and so-and-so's career since they burst onto the scene in WWE. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Cole, we all have. Like, we we all, it's the, it's the same 2 million people that have been watching for 20-plus years now. <laughs> it's like, we've all been following, you know, Ruby Riot since she burst onto the scene in WWE. That doesn't make you special. <laughs> anyway. All right. No, I yeah, I think that's fair. I the only other note I have is that isn't it amazing that after all the work he did, that Nick Khan is going to end up being uh, Vince's favorite son instead of Hunter. <laughs> well, Hunter lost a wrestling war, so he's he's damaged goods. He is, yeah. Quiet demotion. He's <laughs> quietly demoted. That's right. Ha- Hunter apparently uh, it does run SmackDown some weeks. Vince doesn't always go to SmackDown. You let him sit in the big boy's chair occasionally, pretend he's driving. Yes. <laughs> Unlike that, that Sports Illustrated reported a few years ago that Shane McMahon was shoot running SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I can't believe that that guy Incredible. still has a job. Yeah. Anyway. I'm talking about the Sports Illustrated writer, not Hunter, by the way. But. <laughs> Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, New Japan returned to action this week. Anyway, I guess let's just wrap up WWE. Um, yeah, Raw Charlotte wrestled Asuka again. Uh, Drew, Drew and Kofi had a number one uh, number one contenders match, and then they announced uh, actually they're going to do it again next week <laughs> with Lashley and MVP banned from interfering. So. Uh, yeah, it's Memorial Day, so their numbers are probably going to be down on Monday. But they tried, I don't know, not a lot going, not a lot of exciting stuff going on there. And uh, SmackDown, I don't know, SmackDown has just been a show. Uh, I guess SummerSlam, possibly Las Vegas, just a rep- some the uh, the Matt Men podcast guys 
seem very confident that it's going to be in Las Vegas. SummerSlam is going to be in Las Vegas and that John Cena and Roman Reigns is going to be the main event. Um, I'm less confident that it's going to be on, in Vegas, but I think that makes sense as a main event. Uh, John Cena, Roman Reigns. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that recently on our show that yes, it felt that Ro- Roman was not going to lose to Jimmy Uso or right. uh, or Cesaro or somebody. Um, right. Right. That they were saving it for something big and important and not saying that Roman, I, it'll obviously all depend on how long Cena's in for, but you know, you tell the story of Cena returning as the conquering hero, going for his record breaking quote unquote 17th <laughs> world championship against Roman, right. who has cleared out the entire division. Yes. Uh, sure. That's, that's a story. That's a big time WWE main event match. It's a it's a band aid in the same way that a <laughs> Goldberg or something bringing in a Goldberg or something, but Cena hasn't been on TV since the Bray garbage a couple of, you know uh, over a year ago now. So right. like he's he's very I think he would be very fresh and welcome back, especially if you're if he comes back on the first you know one of the first shows with fans in over a year. Yeah, um, that's gonna be a big deal and it'll get people's attention. And he's got a movie to promote. It's true. Which always, you know, then begs the question, can the guy take any bumps? <laughs> like, I think it'll depend if he's currently filming anything. Because I think that's where Dwayne got in trouble, right? Because he was filming Hercules when he tore up all of his he, well, abdominal muscles. He was supposed to start like the week after Mania. And then he had to have 46 surgeries. <laughs> and they postponed it eight weeks or whatever. They postponed the filming eight weeks. So he had not, I don't think he'd started filming yet, but they had to postpone filming. That's gotcha. the thing. It's like, if he's already signed, if he's already agreed to do something, you know. Well, you he, know how, you know how Roman likes, yeah. You know how Roman likes to talk. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of talking in Roman Reigns matches. There nearly, is. Nearly equal to the amount of bumps taken in a Roman Reigns match is time spent uh, monologuing. So that's true. Perhaps, perhaps we could have like, perhaps it'll be three falls and like, the first fall will be a verbal debate. Yes. Second fall will be a arm wrestling contest. And then the third fall will be a submission match or something. Right. He, yeah, you don't have to take a lot of bumps in like a submission match or whatever. You don't have to take any bumps. <laughs> right. Roman worked extremely hard at Mania and extremely hard in the Cesaro match. But aside from that, as you pointed out to me, you don't get those teeth if you're coming back to wrestling and take a bunch of bumps. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't at least have designs on doing something after wrestling, you don't you don't get them big fake teeth, that big white teeth if you're if you're planning <laughs> on being a wrestler for the rest of your life. I wish I could remember who made who tweeted they don't make those celebrity teeth in medium, do they? <laughs> <laughs> those things are one size fits all. One hundred percent. And it's XL. Yeah. <laughs> first thing i'm doing if i ever get money by the way is getting me a set of them <laughs> yeah i mean who celebrity won? teeth yeah sure all right so that's WWE stuff um cena by the way his last like feud as a full-timer remember they did like him and roman at no mercy that one year in like october yes <laughs> and then he went away forever <laughs> yeah yeah no that was kind of and it and at the time time i think everyone was like wow it's kind of weird that they are doing this in september and <laughs> right. i was like well because he was gonna be gone for a lengthy period of time and yeah. nobody knew when he was gonna be back yep yep all right uh new japan returned this week Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> i don't know man i don't know why we're doing this they drew 280 people one day at Kirken Hall, 276 people the next day at Kirken Hall. I did not see an attendance figure announced for the third day, but I would imagine it was in that range also. That 276 would be a record low, by the way. And I know that there are like uh, attendance capacity limits because less than 2% of the population there is vaccinated and yada 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 but um the the cards for these shows are not very good 
they have shows Monday, like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Monday, Thursday, Friday next week. Uh, no cards announced yet. <laughs> they have <laughs> Dominion in a 16,000-seat building next Sunday. No card announced yet. Will Ospreys vacated the title, the world title. Um, so you would think Okada, Tanahashi, Shingo Takagi, maybe two of those three guys or a three-way with those three guys for the vacant world title will be the main event of Dominion. But they haven't announced anything yet, and that show is like uh, nine days away or whatever in a 16,000-seat building. It's just chaos there. Some of it's COVID stuff. Some of it's a bunch of people got sick. Um, Some of it's literally the stable chaos. They're just always causing trouble. (laughs) Right. Um, It's it's just, it's bad times right there. (laughs) There right now. Like they ran all these shows trying to make up for the revenue that they lost by not being able to run shows for a couple of months last year. They tried to make all that up this year. And then, you know, they're kind of paying the piper a little bit in that guys physically broke down. um, And then a bunch of guys got COVID. And that's, it's one thing after the next there. I guess there's speculation as to whether or not Will Ospreay is really hurt. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody doubts that he's hurt in some form or fashion. But as far as, having to vacate the title or possibly breaking his neck. I don't think people buy that. (laughs) I think that a lot of the, the foreigners wanted to get out of Japan because you have to quarantine going to and from Japan there because of the, the pandemic and maybe some of the foreigners were uh, fed up with new Japan and just, the Japanese government and New Japan management. So bad times all around over there. Anything to add? Yeah, not a lot. It's, it's bad times. Obviously, <laughs> you know, Okada announced he had COVID this week. Like, yeah, it's it's not you know, not that it would be okay or good, but it's not it's not just you know again the older or or the the, the you know they don't care if you're a main eventer. <laughs> the, the the novel coronavirus does not care if you're. <laughs> Right, Zuchiko Okada, and you've got a main event in a in a big arena in twelve days. Like it's just right. yeah, it's a mess. And as you said, they've been they're trying to make up for lost time, but the result of that is like I I like I don't know what it costs them to run a show in an arena, but if you're bringing in, but if the only revenue you're getting is two you know two hundred and seventy some tickets and you know maybe a little bit in merchandise or concessions, like that's probably you're probably not breaking even on these shows anyway so are you really making like is it any better to run shows in front of no fans than it is to just not do shows for a while until I, numbers I go down or whatever i can't figure that out like i wouldn't think that, that those shows were profitable like outside of tokyo in places where they're not running you know they've been running tokyo a ton and they run kurgan hall a ton but um, like they're they started back this past Saturday and they drew like nine hundred and some in some town outside of Tokyo. So it's like, okay, well they you know, they probably made money on that show. <laughs> mm-hmm. But to your point, are these shows even profitable? <laughs> draw like two hundred and yeah. two hundred and seventy five people. <laughs> like what? I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 rough times. It's rough times for that entire country. And yes, it's just it's going to be a weird time, especially as you said, it's the if most of all the foreigners I know, I don't think David Finley has said directly, but I think his father was tweeting about it. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, like him and Juice and some of those guys who are wrestling in the States um, or who live here or live out outside of Japan probably aren't really busted that, you know, <laughs> busted at the seams to get back in there. So it's, it's going to be a mess a lot. And, and it's, it's tough, right? It's like, I don't, I don't, I feel for the guys who are being asked to shoulder the burden, but then it's like, you, 
even removing the pandemic, that roster is so beat up because you've been running the same four to six guys in the ground. It's like, <laughs> gosh, like, right. Tai Chi is going to be your world champion by the time you're done. Cause everybody else is going to be dead. Right. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's uh, look, and we've talked about like, I think Tanahashi is one of the five best guys in the world currently, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we think about it, you know, 45 year old Tanahashi can't move. It's like, it's pretty incredible that he's still, yeah. he's still at that level given all of his limitations at this point, but I really think he's, he's been that good over the last, you know, six months or whatever. But um, if he's, you know, arguably the best option to put the world, put your world title on, what's that say about where you are right now? Yeah. I mean, if, if you imagine, well, we want to save Shingo's first win for, you know, a year from now when he can win it in front of a big crowd, maybe from Osprey or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that seems like a long-term story that they've been wanting to tell. Um, it's like, okay, well, that means your options are the same guys. It's you, you put it on Okada, you put it on Tanahashi. I guess you could go back to Ibushi, but that's, you know, it's... Yeah, um, it's, it's the same four guys. It's Okada, Tanahashi, Ibushi, Naito. And especially when you when you eliminate potentially eliminate the the Ospreys and the Jay Whites and those guys, it's like, well, who do we got? We got Evil, <laughs> we got Goto and and the you know and the Grandpas. Like that's that's who we got. Those are our options. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, AEW this weekend they're running their pay per view on Sunday, and. And we will preview the card here. It's the third annual Double or Nothing. Yes. Did you go to one of these? No, I went to All Out. Oh, uh, that's which right. Is the August show in the Chicago Labor Day weekend show. Yeah, right. Uh, heard Chicago again for that this year. By the way, if, I don't know if that's public knowledge or not, but huh. yeah, Chicago uh, Labor Day weekend again this year. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, so double or nothing. The AEW world title, Kenny Omega will defend against Arch Cassidy, and Pac seems like a placeholder because somehow they forgot to get somebody ready for Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had some time. It felt like the only person that was winning on television regularly was Hangman, and then it felt like they decided, oh wait, we have to stretch this out until August. Right. So, yeah. So Hangman's wrestling Brian Cage. And yeah, Kenny is going to just wrestle two guys that weren't, or that also didn't have anything to do on this show. Yes. Yes. Strange. But, uh, you know, and the, in the number, in the number one contenders match between Orange and Pack, Orange got knocked silly. And like they were supposed to do a draw anyway, but they had to do a weird draw <laughs> instead because he got hurt. Anyway, regardless, that's your uh, that's your world title match. I don't anticipate Kenny Omega will lose the world title to Orange Cassidy or Pac. I think it'll be a, a really good match, though. I mean, it would be hard not to be with those three guys, especially because it's also Orange Cassidy in front of a, a full crowd for the first time in a year is going to be it's going to be fun, I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, Karushita will be defending the women's title against Britt Baker. Britt Baker has never been AEW women's champion. Hikaru Shida has been women's champion for longer than a year, and yet she can't seem to get booked on television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because and Britt Baker is, is booked on every show. It's like, Britt, I, I, I'm not going to argue with you if you think Britt is a bigger star or has more star potential than Hikaru Shida. It's like, okay, well, it's, you know, Six to one, half dozen of the other, or maybe Brit is a bigger star and or has more potential, whatever. But it's like they haven't exactly helped Karu Shida booking her the way they have. And Britt Baker has always been the focus of that women's division. So kind of weird, but I expect that uh, Britt will finally get her uh, get her first title win here. Yeah, seems that way. Um, it's yeah, it sucks for. Uh... <laughs> 
Sheeta feels like Brett coming to drop the belt to Sean <laughs> at the at WrestleMania 12. Where it's like nobody appreciates all the hard work that, yeah. that she put in. Like she's had some very good matches over the last year. I, I mean, I've talked about it on the show quite a few times that she's one of my favorite performers of the uh, pandemic era. And like, I think her segments on when she wrestles on television, her segments generally do pretty well. I know her and Ty Conti did like a really strong number. So like, I, it's one of those things like, yeah, maybe if you did feature her more, she'd be an even bigger star, but, or maybe she wouldn't be, but we'll never know right? <laughs> because we didn't really try very hard, but you know, she's a very good wrestler and she has worked really hard. You know, she has, she lives here. Like she moved when, yes. she got, when she got the job, she moved to America. She has spent a lot of time learning English and 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 I think she'll be in this company hopefully for a long time and we'll get more chances to shine as time goes on. But yeah, everything about this, even the television leading up to it is all about how this is, it's time to, <laughs> it's time for Brits to win the belt. Like that's, right. that's the, that's the storyline is that it's, <laughs> All right. Rich is finally ready to take the belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Uh, Cody Rhodes made some news this week when he said that he had tested his weird nationalist promo in setting up his match with Anthony Agogo on this pay-per-view. He said that he had tested it. Um, it had been focus group tested. And then in a media call the next day, Cody said, well, actually, that was BS. Uh, I just ran it past some uh, some veterans backstage, and they all agreed that... You uh, ran it past Dustin and Arn? Is that what this means? Yeah, Dean Malenko signed off on this. <laughs> um, I'm beginning to think that maybe some people in the Rhodes family are carnies. Only some? <laughs> well, yeah, only some. I don't, I don't know all of them. (laughs) As a member of the Nightmare Family, uh, you're that's that that's pretty that's pretty scandalous to hear you say that. Well, maybe, maybe Cody needs to stop lying. He also (laughs) said on a a media call this week that there is no dissension within the uh, between the executive vice presidents of AEW. He talks to the Bucks and Kenny Omega virtually every day. And uh, he may not have said this exactly, but uh, I'll just paraphrase. They all hold hands and sing Kumbaya every day together and um, are going to name their children after each other. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. everything is hunky-dory. Yeah, sounds uh, nothing to worry <laughs> about then. I've definitely heard exactly that same thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's no one's ever said anything or there's and there's no like evidence if you just like kind of look at <laughs> certain things on on television or on some of their ancillary products like being the elite there's really nothing that would suggest the opposite to that out there in the world so sure yeah so cody's gonna wrestle anthony Ugogo. Ugogo, he hasn't had a lot of real matches <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and uh and he'll be wrestling Cody Rhodes on this show. It's it's going to be a lot of feelings. We're going to tell a story with this match. Cody matches with a story match. You know, I I don't think I would mind. Generally, I I like Cody's pay-per-view matches, even if Mm -hmm. they are a little bit overwrought sometimes. (laughs) Um, I... This is a ta- this is a tall order though, <laughs> for sure. I mean, to his credit, I saw him get a really strong match out of the ten guy uh, in, when I was live in Chicago a couple years ago uh, for All Out. So, like, when when he when it's working, when that story is connecting with that audience, yeah, I think he's really really good at what he does. I don't know that this particular story is one that's going to connect. And again, it's your first full crowd in over a year. A lot of people I'm sure will just be happy to be there and happy to see the stars they know and like. 
Uh, it's maybe worth mentioning there were some boos for Cody when he did the spot at the in the ladder match of the last show when when he got injured and then ran back out valiantly. Hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just a one night thing, <laughs> but that's like someone said, like, oh, it's you know, that's that's another step towards you know fulfilling Dusty's legacy, right? It's, right. You book yourself <laughs> to be a superhero to the point where you know a People certain turn on you. yeah a, you know maybe not the whole audience but yeah maybe a, a little bit of the that and that would be i think noteworthy because AEW's audience has or AEW has so much goodwill built up with their audience especially the audience that goes and watches the shows live right the audience if, the audience bites everything, right? Right. So if we get to a point where whether it's Cody, whether it's something else genuinely doesn't click and the fans actually do begin to cheer or boo the person they're not supposed to cheer or boo, it'll be interesting to see how the company chooses to roll with that. Yeah, they really haven't had to face that ever. <laughs> um. Yeah, interesting. All right. A Casino Battle Royale for a future AEW World Title match. Uh, Christian, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, Penta, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Quinn and Cassidy, Blade, Evil Uno, Cole Cabana, Preston Vance, Griff Garrison, Pillman Jr., Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, QT, Nick Camarado, Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson, and then a surprise. Uh, there's always a surprise in the casino battle royale, usually debuting talent. Sometimes it could be someone coming back from injury. Um, really, Christian's the only one who seems to have any shot to win this, unless it's, you know, they signed the ghost of the ghost of uh, Luthez or something is the <laughs> surprise, right? I mean, yeah, I don't think Brian Danielson is coming in to be the Joker in the 20 man <laughs> playing card battle royal. Uh, so. So yeah, I think it's it's probably Christian, and I I just seem it seems like that was sort of one of the first things they teased when he showed up on television was a was a match with Kenny. So and you've got you've now got after this show three months between now and whatever you're doing at the August pay per view. So yeah, that's that's a television program direction if ever I've seen one. Sure. Yep. Um, Hangman will be wrestling Brian Cage. They just did this on TV. Not entirely sure why it's happening again, uh, but well, Hangman was jumped before the match last time, and and Brian Cage took advantage of that. Whereas this will now be a fair fight. Cool. It's very important to the singles rankings, which we follow very closely. <laughs> Such garbage. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where like UFC doesn't care about their rankings either. But also, it's fake. So just say that the guy getting the title. Well, they, and I think they did say that with Pack and Orange Cassidy. So they are kind of doing that with like, yeah, these are the one and two. Like, <laughs> just right. do that. I don't care. <laughs> sure. Or just lie to me. Lie to us, or just you know say these are a general like in most sports, except you know college football or whatever. These rankings are a general guideline. It's like they only they only bring them up once in a while on TV. And when they do, it's usually in contrast to whatever story, direct contrast to whatever story they're telling. So either dump these things or could you explain them a little bit more? I don't I don't know. Sometimes sometimes they try to make sense of things where it was like, okay, Moxley and Kingston are not a ranked tag team. yet so then they like they won a match on tv and then they was like okay they're the number four team they beat the acclaimed who are the number three team and then the bucks beat the number one team in the main event (laughs) and so it's like okay they move up i don't know i don't know who was number two maybe i had that mixed up maybe kingston and moxley were three and acclaimed were two so like they tried to make it make sense and i was like okay like you're trying a little bit harder then, like, there was a time when Moxley was champion when they were like, he's just defending against Darby next week. Darby's the number five ranked guy. And I was like, what? All right. Sure. So, like, they're trying, but it, to, to your point, it's when they choose, they kind of pick and choose when they want to pay attention to that and try to make it make sense. So, 
And again, it's all fake. So just <laughs> you can make it, you can make it work. You just have to, you know, think about it for a little, a few seconds. Sure. Um, Miro provided he beats Dante Martin on fingers crossed on Friday night dynamite. We'll be defending the TNT championship against Lance Arch Lance Archer. That's a big Haas fight. Um, could be good. Could be a fun mean guy match. Could, could be a struggle. What do you think? Yeah, I think it'll be uh I think it'll be good. I think it'll be fun. Um, yeah, I, I think they know a pretty good entertaining brawl. Miro is fun because he gets to be a killer, but then also say like ridiculous, funny things every week. So I really enjoy him being, uh, being the TNT champion. Doesn't feel like it's time for him to lose already. So yeah, he gets a big win over a, a credible opponent. And then Lance Archer can get back to staring at sting for another eight weeks or whatever <laughs> we're doing. <laughs> yes. Interesting. It does feel like they kind of, change direction there a little bit um yeah hard hard to say because and that was i think we talked about that on a little bit on our last show uh so much stuff was like sting and darby and ethan page and scorpio sky but then Miro won the belt and they <laughs> ran they ran dark order out there to run off scorpio sky and ethan page and then they ran and then uh they put a <laughs> they bring out the uh, archer to have the stare down with Miro all while Darby and Sting are still like selling this heinous beating that they got in the ring and it's just like yeah I don't are these all supposed to be like converging storylines are we gonna do like a battle bowl or something with a, I'm trying to think of like what weird WCW stip match they're they're trying to bring back that would involve all of these people um yeah I don't know other than uh, yeah I don't know so <laughs> so we'll see but uh, also, I also like they did a promo last week where it was Miro was cutting his promo and then Archer came out and cut what I thought was a pretty good promo on Miro. And I was like, why, why do we have Jake there at this point? Like Archer's a pretty good promo. Like maybe you I don't know, maybe you could put him with somebody else. But um, I don't like I don't know why I don't know if we need. And again, I don't begrudge a guy for getting paid, but like maybe we don't need Jake anymore. I think that, I think. uh yeah, I think that's probably fair. <laughs> but did Archer seem? Uh, hmm. I thought that promo. I thought Archer seemed a little. Ah, uh, hmm. Uh, um, a little um, altered in that in that promo. Did you? I notice that. I didn't. I. Okay. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will watch <laughs> it again after the show and and. <laughs> We'll report back on our next episode, but no, I don't. I didn't notice that at the time. Okay, just look at his eyes. That's all I'm saying. All right. <laughs> I thought I thought he seemed uh, uh, maybe in an altered state. I don't want to accuse anyone of anything, but <laughs> weird. All right. Uh, Stadium Stampede two booked for uh, Dave Meltzer and Dave Meltzer only. The Pinnacle <laughs> will be facing the Inner Circle. The inner circle lose. They must disband forever. Well, I guess they got to win then. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not feeling stadium stampede too. No. And one of the, I just, it's one of those things where I don't, if they were going to do it this way, maybe the war games should have been in like February <laughs> or March. And the inner circle could have been off television for like a month. And then they could have come back at the end of April or beginning of May to set this up. Uh, but instead they, they miss zero shows. Yes. Except for Santana who has missed like three shows in a row. Hope he's doing okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't feel like, I don't feel like we were in any way ready for the next big chapter of this bloody faction war. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll probably be a, a fun, wild, wacky match. It'll be interesting to see what exactly this entails because this year you do in fact have a crowd. So if you're going to do, are you going to do a 45 minute thing where they all just video screen? Oh. Cause that sounds like death. <laughs> um, 
I don't... So I, I wouldn't recommend that. So maybe they'll keep it short or maybe it'll start with like a pre-recorded thing and then they'll quote unquote brawl into Daly's place. Like, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know either. I hope they do another uh, water cannon thing though. That was, you know, really cool. <laughs> cool. De- definitely what you need in a blood feud is comedy from 1997 WWF. Yeah, no, good stuff. Good. <laughs> Ugh. 98, I guess, whatever. But, yeah. uh, Sting is going to wrestle <laughs> in an honest to God match. He's 63 years old. <laughs> He'll be tagging with Darby Allen against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Yeah, I was thinking today during the day for some reason about when Scorpio Sky grabbed the brass ring. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, this is another guy who just can't get on TV. He, he couldn't get on TV for the longest time and has been like the victim of so many stop-start pushes. And now he's in a, a tag team with Ethan Page, who God only knows why they brought that poor guy in. They, they don't use these guys on Dynamite, at least can't be bothered to watch dark or dark elevation uh, but I, I don't know i mean i guess there's worse spots than being on a pay-per-view and wrestling you know sting and darby allen is one of the the stars of the company but uh lots of stop start with scorpio sky and it feels like they've done nothing with ethan page yeah i mean this this is definitely like the first thing that resembled like a feud for for either of these guys in since they've been they've been put together and really even since before that because they sort of at some point on a show i didn't watch made the decision that scorpio was going to kind of break off from scu yeah and then he wasn't really doing much and then they brought in ethan page he was in that ladder match then he wasn't doing much and they put them together and i know that ethan page and darby allen had like a feud i believe in evolve which means no one saw it um but so I, and you know, there, so there's like history there. And so there's the Ethan page Darby stuff. And I, I think like that, that's honestly, I think this might be the match that I think has had some of the better build despite the lack of television time appropriating it. Cause it's like, okay, Ethan page showed up. He hates Darby Allen already. And plus Darby Allen gets to be on TV every week. And he and Scorpio Sky want that spotlight. So they attack him and they beat up Sting because he's Darby's dad. And, yes. <laughs> and so they beat up Darby and Darby's dad and they threw Darby down some steps and they're big mean bullies. And now Darby and Darby's dad are going to stand up to the bullies. Like, great. All right. That's simple. I can appreciate that. Sure. Oh, I'm not, you know, as far as I got, I got very little problem with how they've used Sting. I, th- mm-hmm. I think they've they've used him very well, and he has helped elevate Darby. Darby might have gotten there on his own anyway, but I think Sting has helped. And yes, I find this to be some of the least annoying stuff on AEW. <laughs> but to your point, it they get they got to really work to get all of this stuff in in their in their <laughs> ninety to <laughs> in their ninety second angles or promos that they get before. The brawl that also features the Dark Order and and whatever other accoutrements right. leads into their segment. So. Yeah, I still have no idea how Dark Order fits into this at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. <laughs> so they're Hangman's pals, right? And that's <laughs> and that's significant because <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, uh, so like. There was the one week where uh, Darby <laughs> wrestled 10 of the Dark Order and somebody ran in at the end to attack them and like the and like Sting and Darby and the Dark Order like fought them off. Might have been Hardy's guys or something. So I, I guess they at that point became pals with Sting and they want Sting to be their dad. Um, <laughs> but officially Sting has not adopted them to my knowledge. So they're, they're just kind of hanging around. I see. All right. Well, and again, this is some of the better stuff on on <laughs> AW. Uh, the Young Bucks will be defending the tag titles against uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Moxley and Kingston are a fun team. Moxley is 
probably the only time I'm ever going to compare him to Kurt Angle. He is like Kurt Angle in that he is too good at being funny for his own good. <laughs> it's like he ends up Moxley always ends up doing haha because he's so good at it. <laughs> like in the big angle, you know, to one of the big angles to set up this thing was Moxley and Eddie Kingston stealing the Young Bucks shoes. Yes. <laughs> and and like it, you know, it's funny. But also John Moxley's supposed to be like their Steve Austin. And it's like Steve Austin wasn't ever doing a whole lot of comedy. <laughs> it's like and the stuff that he did, it was like, you know, it was Vince McMahon, you know, the bedpan humor and all that stuff whatever. But Moxley too good at comedy for his own good. Young Bucks have changed up their characters. Uh, they've changed up their ring style. I give them credit in the sense that they are uh, trying to be different and what have you. I have a lot of mixed feelings about all of this, I think is what I'm trying to say in a very long-winded fashion. What do you think of uh, the Bucks, Moxley and Kingston as a team, where we're going with this, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, it feels like they needed something for Moxley to do and they didn't want to have him lose to Kenny for a third time. So this was the next, and they already did the uh, Kingston and Moxley versus the good brothers on television. So they wrestle the Bucks now. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I can see logistically why they went here, but to your point, the feud has been a mix of John Moxley and Eddie Kingston getting beaten up a lot. And that mixed in with them doing some comedy and like wrecking the young bucks dressing room and breaking windows at their trailer. And yeah, it's just, it doesn't feel like a serious blood feud at this point. It feels more like a, it feels like more like where, where we were winding down Steve Austin. Like this is like when he's, feuding with hunter in like 2001 and he's like dropping the steel girder on the bus or whatever sure and they're like all right we're just kind of doing stuff we're just <laughs> we're just doing wacky things and then yeah he, and then on television it comes across as john moxley is just having fun goofing off with his buddy like <laughs> like they're both being paid well and are enjoying being on national television together. Like good for them. But as far as like super compelling pro wrestling, I wouldn't say it fits that bill. I do think the young bucks have done a pretty good job of, you know, making themselves hateable, even to the hardcore AEW fan base who may, may have been predisposed to still cheer them even after they were bad guys on television. Um, and I think it'll probably be a good match, but I don't I don't feel like we're gearing up for like an all time classic tag match or anything either. So sure. I I I like Moxley and Kingston. Uh I also feel like there's a ceiling to how good a Moxley and Kingston match can be. Even like they brawl they brawl. It's like you know, <laughs> I, I don't feel like he either is necessarily capable of having a five-star match to put it that way it it depends on the type of match you're trying to have right like with each other these guys used glass and barbed wire and and did some crazy stuff to each other moxley had very good matches with Brody lee or with minora suzuki or like so they can have very good matches with the right opponent but are the bucks those opponents if they're going to have a more traditional or you know a, a modernized young buck style tag match are those the guys at this stage of their career with that type of ability to have like a great young bucks tag match mm. especially when they're when the bucks are coming off of very good television matches with SCU and I really enjoyed the the match with the varsity blondes as well so like this I this might be the third best match the young bucks have in 3 weeks that's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. Pre-show match: Serena D versus Rio for the uh, NWA World Women's Championship. Uh, poor Rio, it's gone from being the star of the company to 
wrestling on the Serena Deeb on the pre-show. Although, yeah. like, like there's there's worse spots. Like Serena's great. Yeah, no, I'm I. It's great that she's back, and and I know she's also working as like an agent in uh, in AEW, which, is like, yeah, seems like seems like a really really good person to have on 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 hand there. And yeah, I think they'll probably have a really good match. It's weird to me that Thunder Rosa isn't in this spot. Um, sure. One because as far as I know, she's still contracted to the NWA. <laughs> yes. In as fact, far as I know. The- yeah, they're in the midst of building to or have already done because who cares? Uh, a match where the stipulation <laughs> was if Rosa loses, she has to stay at the NWA and can't work anywhere else. Loser must stay in town. The first ever yes. loser must stay in town match. Yes. Yes. So, uh, but I don't know. Maybe and maybe they've been holding her off television because Brit Brit will need an opponent when yeah that when could she be. beats Sheeta and you have. And and that's you know, the crux of the continuing that feud is she goes, I want a title match because I beat you. And she goes, well, no, you didn't because it was unsanctioned. And then you do, you know, you do your story from there or whatever. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised that Thunder Rosa wasn't or hasn't really been featured at all. I mean, to your point, she's not the only person who was getting a pretty big push and then fell off the face of the earth on this television show. That tends to happen too. <laughs> A fair amount of people uh from time to time on on aw dynamite but um but that that did strike me that oh maybe it's kind of weird that they're not doing like serena and and thunder rosa or whatever but yeah i'm sure it'll still be a good match though and hey they're they're getting another show that's right rampage is going to be uh coming on friday nights at uh, 10 o'clock at whatever point, August, September, something later this year. <laughs> something like that. And you got uh, Dynamite moving to TBS after in the in the new year. Yeah. Where it will be preempted less, but also on a network that doesn't skew as young as TNT does. So we'll see if that hurts or helps in any way. Yeah. And uh, to your point about Rosa, we're getting some weird lag now. Uh, but uh, to your point about Rosa... It's like she's been there. Like uh, they've been using her as a Spanish comment as a Spanish commentator. Um, mm-hmm. So she's she's been there. <laughs> like so maybe yeah, and like maybe I, this I is actually footage. like I know she's yeah she's wrestling on dark and stuff too. Yeah. So yeah, probably uh, yeah maybe they uh, maybe they've they're actually planning a booking for the future. Uh, did you want to chat about uh, the Velveteen Dream at all? I believe I. Don't believe we've talked about that on the show. WWE finally released Velveteen Dream and uh, Drake Wirtz. And um, so at least the, the the number of problematic people that they have under a contract has been reduced by uh, reduced by two. Although the Dream um, issued a, a fairly compelling um, explanation of uh, some of the charges against him really for the first time, first time we never publicly addressed those uh, kind of a, just a messy situation, but uh, and allegations of dream having substance problems and just lots of things coming up, but it dream has finally been released from WWE. Is there anything you want to add on that? I mean, I think the, the headline of it, was that clearly whatever the allegations brought against him were not why he was fired. Right. It was other personal issues that he either he was having or that, you know, toes he stepped on at the performance center. Um, If it had been the allegations, it would have happened a year ago. Right. Um, Which I would say the same reason why I don't think we get to, give them or we don't need to throw a parade for them firing Drake words either. <laughs> like if those beliefs were unwelcome in that environment, he would have been gone a long time ago. Um, so yeah, I don't, that's the only thing that really came to mind. It's like, well, I guess he finally said something to the wrong person or did, or, or there was something that they felt that they could end up looking bad on the company or would be liable to the company or, he was caught 
causing trouble with other talent or whatever. And that's, that's why he's gone. That's why Drake Wirtz is gone. Um, so I don't know. It, does, it doesn't feel like cause for celebration. It's like, Oh, they just finally decided, you know, the PR isn't worth it. And finally let him go. Like it's not, <laughs> there were no principled on that day. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, um, because we've been talking for a long time and because of some uh, lag and technology issues, I think it's best that we wrap it up. So uh, is there anything else or should we just go home? No, I think we can, uh, we can take it on home. All right. Uh, Till next time. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the rest of life. Adios. For listening, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. Ah, Coke Energy. Been discontinued. Like hoarding it now. <laughs> just gonna get up every Seven Eleven and like Baltimore. Just yes, yes. And I bought a case off of Amazon. <laughs> um, and just like buying out the Safeway every time she goes. Oh, there you go. It's still gonna be available internationally. So I guess there's some scenario where. <laughs> Like when people go across the border to Canada to get <laughs> insulin, you're doing it for <laughs> energy drinks, Coca-Cola branded energy drinks. Yes, you gotta get some do do do's and some <laughs> and some Coke energy. Yeah, head to head to Canada. I try to keep on keeping on.